Welcome to the Shining Light Podcast. I'm Pastor Sam. I almost forgot who I was there for a second. <laughs> I thought you'd say, I'm Patrick, no compromise with Evil Wyatt, and then I could be Pastor Sam. But I'm Patrick, no compromise with Evil Wyatt, and he is Pastor Sam. That's what they tell me anyway. That's what yeah. they tell me. So, <laughs> so today we've got a very, very important podcast, and, and a really special one. In fact, I am, I am thrilled about this because we kind of, we've done a podcast leading up to this. Yeah. But it was eight months ago. Has it been that long? Uh, well, when did you go to the on vacation? That was um, end of September. No, 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 no. That was end of October because I was on on vacation. So in October, yeah. It's yeah. This is the sixth month, and that would be boy, you're pretty good yeah. with your math. Yeah, look at that. I, these was homeschooled. <laughs> and uh, but but we're going to be looking at today. Well, we're not going to be looking at. We're going to be talking about. An upcoming book from Patrick No Compromise with Evil Wyatt. But eight months ago, we could not tell you the name of that book. Now, we ha- we knew the name. Yeah, we did. So, the, so sub- you know the subtitle yeah. wasn't said, and I'm glad it wasn't because it's since changed. Right. But I'm not going to go ahead and spoil this. You can. Oh, I, I, I know I could. But I'm going to throw it over to you. What is the title of the book? The book's title is... Darkened Pulpits, semicolon, The History and Hirelings of Social Justice. Oh, man. I well, that felt good to say that. that oh, yeah. Off. Oh, yeah. It, well, when we recorded that eight months ago, I thought for sure I was going to say Darkened Pulpits. I thought we were going to have <laughs> to go too. and, and, and edit it out. Because yeah. we knew that it was going to be called Darkened Pulpits. But now we're officially letting you know that that's what the title of the book is and the subtitle. Um, it's close to completion, and, and you know, and, and so is the other book we both worked on. Both uh, chapters, social injustice, is right now being put together. It, it's been written, so that'll mm-hmm. come out. Um, and I have a chapter in it on systemic oppression. Pastor Sam has a chapter in it on uh, the uh, gospel and social justice. So you got to give me a simple topic, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's not so simple for most people. They just don't seem to get it. Um, and either the gospel or social justice, and you're putting that together, and, and all of us, are, I hope, are contributing to understanding social justice. But my book is going to cover, and I'm guessing probably in depth, more, maybe more in depth than, than what uh, the other one is, because I'm really going through the history of social justice, just as it says, the history and hirelings of social justice. So I'm going back to the very foundation, and I haven't seen um, our book yet, obviously, so I've only read what Sam and I have, have, have put in. Yeah. But um, I'm going to be going into it, and, and whenever you have different people, you're going to have different takes on something. So I'm going to look at it probably a little differently than what somebody else would. Definitely, definitely. And, it, it, and you know, I think it might be good just to kind of refresh why is this important? Because, you know, you just mentioned two books about social uh, it, social, social justice, justice. <laughs> or social injustice, however you want to look at that. Um, but but why, why is it important? Why is this a big deal? Who cares about social justice? You know, isn't it nice that people are just doing good things and going out and doing nice things? What, why is it a big deal? Well, social justice is an umbrella term that it's kind of it's all through our culture, and now it's all through our churches. We just did a recent podcast on Resolution 19, the Southern Baptist Convention, which part of the cultural Marxist social justice idea is now codified into SBC policy, which is using intersectionality and uh, what was the other one? Critical race theory. Critical race theory as analytical tools, not to be primary to what they're teaching, but as an analytical tool. So uh, here we have the classic, get, get the foot of the Marxist in the door and just let it keep going. And that's exactly what it's going to be. Incrementalism is what you would call this. 
So it's important in that fact that this is what we're dealing with all through society. And people, the sad fact of the matter is people kind of go along with it because some of these big names are, are pushing it. And these are pastors and these are theologians and it's in seminaries. It's everywhere. But there is a history to it and there is an origin to it. And what people need to understand is who the people were that came up with the initial ideas that has morphed into, at one time, the social gospel. And today returns to us as social justice. It's all the same thing going all the way back, even going back to the Enlightenment, where the roots of this stuff actually took hold. And realize that everything against God, everything that would destroy your and my understanding of biblical truth, is rooted in Satan. Satan doesn't waste his time on stuff that doesn't matter. Everything he does is predicated on you and I being destroyed, you and I being sent to hell, you and I rejecting the gift of salvation offered through the blood of Jesus Christ, taking things our own way, even doing good works. Well, you know, I'm a pretty good person, Pastor Sam. You know, am I going to heaven? Well, I'm a pretty good person. My, my works probably will qualify me. I, mean, I haven't killed anybody. Works will not get us to heaven. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, right? Yeah. So, but here we are. We're substituting the good news of the gospel for we should be doing good works and helping the social order become better. Well, let me give you a newsflash and looking at history. Anytime corrupted man, especially unsaved corrupted man's in charge, it's never going to get better. No matter how hard you try by the best efforts you put forth, evil fallen men will never be just to anybody. They will always seek after power and their own desires and lusts, and they don't care who gets hurt as long as what they want to do and they're holding on to power is achieved. That's what it is. So to, to think otherwise is a pipe dream that Satan throws before us to distract us away from the good news of the gospel, from the sanctification we need to be undertaking and doing by reading our Bibles, praying, and understanding, so that we can then be effective people to win people to Christ and also to disciple others and help them in that process of maturity. Everything else distraction that. Doubt, confusion, misdirection, distraction. These are the things of social justice. These are the things of social justice, and that is why it's really important that we stand against it. And, you know, one thing that I think is important to understand with this whole social justice thing is that it may not reach eternally the people who are sitting in the pews today. It will reach some, no doubt, and drag some to hell. I have no doubt about that. But the big thing is, is that it's going to really hurt the people who are in our nurseries today. The people who are in our children's church and Sunday schools and nurseries, they are going to be just deceived through the social justice and not really accept the real gospel of Christ dying for them because they're going to view themselves as the oppressed instead of Christ being the one who was wronged. They're going to view themselves as the ones who was wronged and they're never going to come to Christ. And that's a major issue. Well, the fact that we're having this conversation is we're not talking about things of the Bible. We're talking about trying to set, uh, put out these fires that have started within the church and it's burning our culture right now. That's the sad thing. We're wasting time and energy trying to correct an error that, sadly, the biggest proponents we're fighting right now are within the church. If it, we can't yeah. get the church straightened out, there's no way we're going to be able to help culture. Right. Now, so we're looking at this idea of darkened pulpits, which is Patrick, No Compromise with Evils, Wyatt's new book, Darkened Pulpits. Oh, man, that, that is so great to say. I might say it one more time. Darkened <laughs> pulpits i've been holding this back for like so a, I. a long time and, and we've been wanting to talk about it but but we're in a position now where we can and we're wanting to have it out by uh, the end of this year um and, and sooner if possible i mean sooner is better but getting it right is best so um i i'm in the end stages of writing this book so i'm, I'm roughly fifty thousand words in um and so we'll get this thing wrapped up um 
and then we'll have to go back through and then check my notes and, and edit, you know, and rewrite, which I really like doing. Fortunately, a lot of the rewriting I've done kind of as I went. And the Lord has been very gracious to be with me that, boy, it's flowed pretty good. And, and there's just sections where uh, I'm, not, I'm not patting myself on the back at all. The Lord is good to use somebody like me to put stuff down that I, I'm going, that, that's a lot better than what I would come up with. And that's just the truth of the matter. So, well, remind us of the subtitle again, but but also tell us just a little bit of kind of how this is going to flow. What's the approach you're taking to exposing social justice? Because th- this is going to be a much different book than Social Injustice, which mm-hmm. you, sh- you can get at socialinjusticebook.com. And I would highly recommend that book from what I've read. And just from the caliber of the people I know that have been writing chapters in there, I- I'm really excited to read this book. Right. And, and if you use the code Patrick or Sam, it doesn't really matter which one. We don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go ahead and you use that code, what's going to happen is you're going to get a free audio book. That's socialinjusticebook.com. But it's going to be much different, that book, than Darkened Pulpits. Mm-hmm. And, and what's the approach you're taking here to Darkened Pulpits? Well, the reason I, the subtitle is The History and Hirelings of Social Justice. So history, obviously, is where does it come from? Hirelings are, you know, it's a biblical term. You have shepherds that are true pastors, people that are leading churches, men, I should say. They're leading churches, um, biblically speaking, the way that Christ wanted us to, the way that Christ showed himself as a shepherd. And the shepherd loves his sheep. The hireling doesn't love his sheep. The hireling's there for other purposes. The hireling flees at the approach of the wolf, and uh, sometimes he's working for the wolf, so maybe they're working together. So first I want to show you the history. I want to show you the ideas and the people that put forth, and these are completely secular atheistic, God-hating people that these ideas originate from. As they move through history, you'll see them being disseminated by people that did not believe in the the inerrancy of the Bible, didn't believe in the the, uh, tenets of our Christian faith, did not believe in the virgin birth, for instance, did not believe that Christ died for our sins, substitutionary atonement uh, for our sins in our place, didn't believe that Christ was resurrected, doesn't believe He's coming again, and a variety of things. So when you take all those things out of Christianity, there's no Christianity left. So these are the sort of people, and and putting man's worldly philosophies in, you'll see some of the more prominent secular philosophers, God-haters to an atheist, that these people were drawing from as it moves closer to our time. So it's a compilation, social justice is, of many men's ideas, but there's some prominent people in that. And then there's prominent names that pushed it, that bring it to us today. So I'm bringing it all the way from its origins till today. And then, along the way, and then towards the end, I'm naming people today that are pushing these sorts of things. And, and here's the real difficult thing for you, is some of the people that I'm going to name, you may already know, maybe you don't, that are pushing these ideas. Maybe people you've found something useful from, maybe something you've read their book and you were encouraged by it, or you like them, or they're, they're personally charming, so you developed what you, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I look up to this guy. This is one of my, my heroes, if you will. Um, and, and that's a hard thing to do, to break that, idea in your head that these people are actually good people, well-intended Christian ministers, when in fact we know the Bible is talking about in the days of apostasy, which we certainly are in, that a lot of what's going on, a lot of what's popular in Christianity today is not Christian at all. It's emerging of man's ideas with some Christian lingo attached to it, and it's fed to us, and a lot of us have been around it so long that we really don't know the difference anymore, and it's sad to say uh, we don't spend enough time reading our Bible to know the difference, spend enough time in prayer. We allow other people to do our thinking for us. We live busy lives. We have lots going on. There's lots of distractions, and we just wear ourselves out trying to keep up with everything. Well, this book, I've done the research for you. I've connected dots for you. 
to the best of my ability through lots of prayer, consultation with people and that sort of thing. So I want to get it as right as I possibly can. I'm not infallible either, but you're getting the sincerely best effort. I'm not trying to make a name for myself. I'm not trying to be rich, start a gigantic ministry. I'm not trying to do any of those things. It's a burden on my heart to put this book out. I've, I, this was the time to write it. I've written things in the past. I've written articles. God now says, okay, now it's time. I mean, I don't hear a voice from God, but you know, you get the feeling. I'm not one of those people. I don't hear God's voice directly. But you understand when you're attuned that now the, the whatever meager talents and skills he's given you, it's time to utilize those for the plan that I have before you. And this is the plan right now. Now, is it true that uh, you actually um, just took one of the articles that you wrote and you had to shorten it, though, so it could fit in book format? <laughs> uh, I couldn't resist on that one. I kind of ramble a little bit in my articles sometimes. They go long, but I will say that they I don't put extraneous words in there. Everything has a meaning, um, and we try to make everything flow when I, when I write that, um, and we being the Holy Spirit person and myself. I don't want to say he's he's the co-pilot. He should always be the pilot. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, there's been evenings where um, my mind and heart wasn't the right place for different reasons. I don't write on those evenings because I'm not worthy to sit down at the computer on those evenings. I have to, I'll do research, but I won't write anything. And uh, first I need to be right with God before I'm capable of doing what he would have me do. Well, you know, the one thing that's been really interesting throughout this whole process, um, th this is something you've been working on for quite some time. It'd be, uh, I'll let you think about that. How long have you been working on this? Um, but but the other interesting it's, thing... It's, it's been over, yeah. It's, it's probably at least a year and a half right now. Right. And, and I mean, this is tons and tons of research. Yeah, but, it's, it's my life outside of sleeping and eating and working and, and going to the gym. Yeah, and podcasting. <laughs> uh, we, That's what I do. Uh, many of you know that we're, we've had the privilege of going on Worldview Weekend TV, and uh, one of the episodes that, that'll be coming up is on, um, not social justice, but situational ethics. Yes. Situational ethics, and uh, which is something you cover in your book, and, mm -hmm. and I know this because we actually used your notes. I, I, funny enough, I think on this one, I put together, uh, well, we did three on situational ethics, and I put mm -hmm. together at least one of them. I, I don't remember mm -hmm. if I put together. A, I our, 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 certainly our third one you did. Yeah, I think I just put together the third one on that yeah. one. And because we, we kind of went back and forth on who was putting together what notes. But one of the biggest sources that I used was um, Darkened Pulpits. Yeah, and that's the good thing. I mean, it's really been helpful thus far in some of the things we've talked about or even articles we've written or with Worldview Weekend that a lot of that research was done and it was able, we were able to pull that up and kind of go with it. So. Right. It, well, and the, the thing that I was going to say is it's been neat to see how God has worked throughout all of, of these these different things and and tied them together. Uh, in fact, in our, our recent or our recent book, it hasn't come out yet, but Social Injustice, mm -hmm. uh, one of the guys that, that I had proofread my, my article, he's writing an article, or my chapter, uh, he's writing an article and he said, hey, can I, can I use this concept uh, that, that you have here? He says, I'm going to give you credit. I won't directly quote it since the book's not out yet. And I said, oh, yeah. Go ahead. I, in fact, I, I told him, I said, hey, if you want to plagiarize me, go for it. I don't care. Um, because <laughs> it's about the message, isn't it's it? It's about the message. And, and this has been really neat to see uh, all this, how all these things is, have worked together. Um, but, but I guess I kind of already mentioned one thing. You're going over uh, situational ethics. What are some other core tenets to social justice that you're going over in darkened pulpits? You mean the, the modern type stuff, that how it plays out modernly, right? Yeah. I mean, there's there's yep. the hyper grace movement, which is part of situational ethics. 
Um, there's the Christian hedonism movement. Again, you can trace back to situational ethics, to Joseph Francis Fletcher. Um, then we move into uh, the seeker-friendly church, the business model church, all comes and stems through this. And you also have a little bit of new age coming in, Gnosticism. So there's lots of different things. Now, the book would be a lot bigger if I wanted to follow every rabbit trail. I mean, it, if you wrote an exhaustive, and this book's pretty exhaustive, but if I wanted to follow everything, it'd be more of an encyclopedia, and it would take a lot longer to get out. So what we try to do is hit the high points and give you the relevant things you need to know. So when you read this book, you'll have a, a real firm understanding of all the history of it, and you'll even find out about the motivations and some of the influences on people today that are they're pushing this stuff. And uh, you know, the, the question before you is, right now it's, and I start out actually the book is, what is truth? What is truth? I mean, that, that's a great And I want to define that first. Before I even get into it, we have to define what truth is. Because if we're going to define error, start talking about what is error, there has to be a standard to measure to show that it is error. So that standard, of course, is first you have to know what is truth, what is absolute truth. And, of course, the Bible is that absolute truth. So everything we do um, and everything we think and everything we say, if we're going to make a claim, it has to be measured against the absolute truth of God's Word. And this is where I come from, from that grounding and standpoint. No other, not my opinion, not the opinion of other men, as, as good as other men are, all men are still just men. And we're fallible and prone to, to uh, disobedience at times. Um, thank God we're saved and he gave us that opportunity to be saved. And we've, we've taken that, but uh, still we're, we're works in progress. So um, what we're doing with this book is giving you that standard of proof and then showing you, and again, these are men that, that the ideas start with the people like Karl Marx and, and Friedrich Nietzsche and some of these guys, John Dewey and uh, the Frankfurt School guys and the Fabian Socialist and even Margaret Sanger. These were wicked people that weren't just ambivalent towards religion. They hated God and they hated Christianity. And a lot of everything that they did was focused on destroying Christianity and specifically Christianity and Western civilization. And we being the pinnacle of Western civilization, a lot of effort's been laid into this country. And of course, I'm looking at it primarily from a United States viewpoint, because the United States is the last bastion of what's left of Christianity as far as an organized um, force in the world. And once that would be snuffed out in our country, it's going to be a very dark place all around the planet. Yes, it will be a dark place all around the, the, the planet when that gets gets uh, taken out and different things like that. And um, I, I am so excited for this book. I, I've been excited because um, basically you said, you said you've been working on this for a year and a half. It seems mm -hmm. like uh, almost since I've known you, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's been. Maybe so. Uh, you, you've, been, you've been working on this book. And, you know, we put it, articles out too at the Shining Light Podcast. Yeah. We do our podcast here. And I've gotten to read a little bit of it, and so yeah, he, I, I really liked it. It's, it's, there's been a few changes there in the first three chapters. Um, so the first three chapters would kind of be one section, if you will, and then you move into the second phase, and then uh, then that's the phase I'm I'm finishing right now, and then we're moving into the third phase. So you've mm -hmm. got what is truth and, and kind of what's going on, a kind of overview of what's happening in churches. And the reason I chose darkened pulpits, um, not that I'm a big fan of Charles Finney, because there's a lot of problems with what Charles Finney stood for. Charles Finney was uh, once said, if you know, basically, if America ever falls, the the fault goes back to pulpits, and that's partly right. It's not completely right, mm -hmm. but but there's a lot of truth in that. So the darkened pulpit idea is that there's a lot of pulpits filled on Sunday. Then instead of the light of God being put forth, and the truth of God, uh, there's a lot of pulpits that are darkened, 
that they're not putting forth the light of God. They're not being, as we are, shining light, I hope, here. Right. They're not being shining lights of God's Word. The pulpits are actually darkened by the ways of the world. And that's where the darkened pulpits come from. You go to a church, all kinds of stuff going on, right? All, you know, got bands playing and all this stuff. And we'll go into that too, the history of that business model church, where that comes from, even down to why certain um, music and that sort of thing is chosen. There's a history to this. And there's a, if you will, there's an agenda to that too. There's a reason for it. But other than... Uh, is it popular? Yeah. In, in a world today where you want to lure people in that are unsaved, let them have a good time, send them home, and hopefully they come back next week for more social club activities, put some money in the offering plate, that's what's considered a successful church today. In the eternal realm of things, if souls are going to hell, they're, they're loving going to churches like that, it's an absolute failure. It's a disaster today. One of the, you know, we've talked about this particular um, Barna research study done, where when you look at and you break it down, that in society, about 10% of the people have a Christian worldview. Although 70% claim to be Christians, only about 10% have that Christian worldview. When you break it mm. down by ages, and we get down to 29 and under, okay, 29 and under, right now, this is what the, today's churches are really geared for, to bring these people in. They're filling them up. They got you know, thousands in some of these mega churches, right? Only 4% of those people, 29 and under, have a Christian biblical worldview. I We're should get a miserably. t-shirt that says, I'm one of the four percent. One of the four percenters, yeah. Well, and, the uh, problem is, though, is that the homosexual uh, group is also 3.9%, so maybe I don't want a t-shirt that says that. Isn't that something, though, that uh, that's an interesting point, that roughly there's the same amount of homosexuals in this country as there mm. are Bible-believing Christian worldview Christians. Wow. And the rest are... That's kind of sad. It is. So, but what does that say? The Bible, Jesus talked about there's going to be a broad gate that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in. But narrows a gate, and straight is a path that leads to righteousness, and few there be that go in. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show you how narrow that gate is and how much narrower it's getting. Unless we get the information out in, in books like Social Injustice and Darkened Pulpits and other people that are doing their best to get this word out to what the truth of the matter is here. Because for so long there wasn't a lot of, whole, uh, of um, organized pushback to it. Everybody was just kind of going along. Incrementally we were drifting away. Because the big names were pushing this stuff. Well, you know what? The big names are still pushing this stuff, but we're pushing back because that's what we're called to do. I, you know, and there's some people that I'm going to mention in this book that have been my personal favorites over the years. Some, mm-hmm. some venerable people that have a, a good reputation, people I've enjoyed watching, like their crusades, for instance, that sort of thing, to kind of tip you off a little bit about it. But whose theology, especially later in life, you could see the drift in their life, the associations they were a part of. And toward the end, and even a little bit before that, they were saying things that weren't biblical. They were saying Unitarian type of things, many passed to to God and that sort of thing, and associating with people that was advocating the same. And this is sad for me to say, because these have been my heroes too, but Christ is my Savior. And my Savior is always going to trump whoever my heroes are. And, And that list can keep, if the list has to be dwindled down to zero, then so be it. I mean, there's people like A.W. Tozer that we, we like and, and some of these guys, Oswald Chambers, that uh, that were solid to the end of their lives. Others that start out well didn't end as well, okay? They still, there's still people saved by some of these folks, but I'm telling you, we, we can't make compromises when people are, are defying the Bible and going against what the Bible says. So, um, I'll, in advance, I'll tell you, there's probably, if most of us out there have people we like, I'm probably saying there's a lot of people that are looking at ministries that they they shouldn't be. Yep. They should not. Yeah. And, and 
you know, I think you make an important point here. Are we Christians or are we something else's? You know, mm-hmm. uh, the question is, is Christ our Lord? That's the question as Christians. Yeah. Um, or have we gone and started to follow somebody else? But this this darkened pulpits, uh, th- this book is going to expose social uh, justice and it's going to expose the hirelings. And I really like this because it takes the historic approach. You're going to be able to, uh, as it unfolds, as you, as you turn each page, you're going to be able to find the history of it. You're going to understand where does it come from? Where do these ideas come from? Because it's not just, you're not just going and saying, oh, this guy and this guy and this guy. You're actually breaking down their ideas. Yeah. What these people thought, what they taught, and then you're going to show how these are implemented into social justice, how they're adopted, how they're used. This, this is going to be terrific. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction here. In 2020, Darkened Pulpits is going to be on the list for the Shining Light Podcast top 10 books to read. I, I would say it would probably is. And, and you know what? Even <laughs> you didn't know where I was going with that prediction. <laughs> I didn't know. I go, wow, this this might kind of put me in a real bit pressure. But uh, again, you know, when, when God has you do something like this, and this is what I feel like I need to do, um, how he uses it up to him. So um, if you, if you uh, read the book, I think you'll be blessed by it. I enjoy going back over just reading it, and I'll read sections of it, you know, as I go through and um, as I'm writing and rewriting and that sort of thing, even finishing. Um, but there's just some stuff there I've never seen quite put that way. And, and you're going to get a broad spectrum there, uh, again, on, on even political theory. Um, what, what is wrong with Marxism? You know, aren't they for poor people? And, of course, the short answer is no, they're certainly not. That's just uh, one of the lies. This is how they suck you in. But I'm going to prove this to you, and I'm going to show you some other things that your uh, maybe your political uh, science professor has told you one thing, and, and there's some things that have been told so often in society that they're, they're a given. But have you ever really thought about, and here's, a, here's an example, have you ever thought about r- what right and left means in the political realm. What's the spectrum? What is it a gauge of? You always hear, oh, the liberal left and the conservative right, the far right conservatives, the far right this, that, and the other. What does it mean? Well, in Dark and Pulpus, I'm going to tell you, and it's not what you've been led to believe. That's right. I, I am I am excited. I, I am really, really excited for this book. And, and this is an exciting announcement to, to, to kind of put out here. Um, you know, we talked about the book that it was it was being made. Mm-hmm. Eight months ago, just just a little bit about it, not even giving you the title. Right now, you have the title, and hopefully soon you'll have the book in your hands by but before the end of the year. Yeah, ho- hopefully. I mean, if this is out, and it should be out before Christmas. Okay, I, I think that's given given quite a bit of time mm-hmm. uh, for for kind of the time frame that you're you're talking about to kind of wrap here. it up now. But but just to give us a you know enough enough wiggle room there on that, this is going to be an awesome Christmas gift. You need to get your pastor this book. Every pastor needs this book. Well, and especially if, because there are a lot of people confused again that think social justice is a good idea, that it's that's basically a benevolent idea to to do good works and to help society and help people, and that's exactly every <laughs> wicked intent is usually put forth in something that looks righteous. And right. uh, I'm going to actually distinct, and then you're going to have to make a decision after you've read this in light of the evidence and what's been written then you need to pray about it and say, okay, Lord, there, there's some conflict in my heart now because there's some things said in this book that, that I didn't know or I don't didn't agree with, I think, and, and now I, I'm conflicted about it. Lord, what is the truth? And if you pray earnestly and diligently, you will get the answer to that question. And you know what? The process is going to bring you closer to God. 
So I, I'm going to ask you this one here, and this will be our, our wrapping up question. And that is, what is your favorite part, has been your favorite part of Darkened Pulpits, of writing Darkened Pulpits? You know, I, I really like the, um, the section where I kind of really break down what, what Marxism is, because that's the root of social justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think maybe even before that, I, I like the, the opening chapters because uh, of what God's Word has to say, who God is, and I get you to think about that. And, and, and I also like being able to show you when I say something or somebody else says something, what the Bible says. So the judicious use of, of Bible verses, I think, keeps us put where we need to be, keeps us on target. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't become a matter of Patrick's theories or what Patrick thinks. Again, what does the Bible say? Because if Patrick's wrong, the Bible's going to point that out. Right. What is truth? What is truth? Answering that question. That, that I really enjoyed that. Because you know what? When you take, undertake a project like this, it makes you really dig into it. I thought, well, I, I got a pretty good idea what, you know, what I'm going to write. You really have no idea how ignorant you are until you really get into this and do the months and months and now turn into years of research. And, and research I did for other things before this have led into it. But just because I'm learning as I write the book too, to be quite honest with you. You're never the expert you think you are, but you go through a process like this and a lot of time and energy, but it's been a real blessing. Well, thank you so much for writing this book and I I am so excited for it and we're going to have more details uh, as to where to get this book and uh, different things like that. And as time it, gets closer. Yeah, as time gets, gets closer here, you're going to hear a lot about this book on the Shining Light Podcast. Don't worry, so buckle up for that. But for the Shining Light Podcast, this is Pastor Sam. And Patrick, no compromise with Evil Wyatt. And remember to put darkened pulpits on your Christmas list. Have a great day. <laughs> you hear him talking about evolution.